The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me as ever in the broom cupboard is Trevor Trahan. Hello, editor. Editor, <laughs> still. Not just some guy. Uh, although he won't be in next week, will you? We'll, uh, we might have a chat about that later. I'm still editor though, aren't I? Next You'll week? still be editor, but you won't be here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Anyway, before we get on to uh, Trev's next jolly, um, <laughs> let's talk football. A-League. It says round 13 review, but... I, Having a quick look at the, ra- the league table, it seems like it's all over the shop at the moment. But, um, but round 13 review, uh, North Queensland went down 1-0 um, to Central Coast Mariners. Patrick Zvansvike uh, came back to Haunt of Fury again um, and uh, 1-0 win for the Mariners, making steady progress, Trev. Yep, after their 5-0 thumping of Perth, they went back to what they do best, grinding out 1-0 results. Um, and yeah, again, the Fury are going to be disappointed. Even though the Mariners are going well, they've got to start picking up more points at home. Keep getting edged out at the moment, Fury, don't they? It's often just the odd goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mariners, you know, keep on going. It's, it's only through virtue of how brilliant Adelaide and Brisbane have been that you know Mariners aren't top of the table. Normally, you have seasons where everyone's beating everyone else, and you know no one goes on that great a run. Normally, that would be enough for the Mariners to be at the top, but. It's only really Adelaide and Brisbane's brilliance that are keeping them down. Yeah, and poor crowd there. Has to be said, three six. And again, last night we'll talk about last night's game uh, a, a little bit later. But, um, yeah, they, they'd had a bit of a rally on the crowd front. You sort of said, but did we sense the feeling that the Fury fans are sort of giving up a little bit, given everything that's going on with the club and the uncertainty around the club next season? Yeah, it's a bit of a siege mentality at first, wasn't there? So what you know, almost trying to stick it up the FFA by yeah. you know showing up, which is the best way to do it if you, well, ever, yeah, if exactly. you ever want to do it. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of dropped off a little bit that campaign. Okay, uh, Saturday saw uh, Melbourne victory host Gold Coast United, and uh, a very tight game was settled. Um, by Rodrigo Vargas, unfortunate own goal on 55 minutes. So, um, so yeah, and again, you know, I'd say that, that, that that's a disappointing crowd for me. 15,000 on a Saturday night, um, you know, good side playing third in the league. You would have thought that there'd be more there than that. But um, mm-hmm. again, it was very tight, fittingly sort of, you know, a whisker between the two teams. Gold Coast, again... The new resilient, don't concede Gold Coast. I've never known a team morph into a completely different side in the space of a season. We were saying last week that they'll probably go there thinking nil nil's good enough, and if we can nick a goal, then that'll be great. And it was, you know, the cheekiest possible way to nick a goal, wasn't it? A flying overhead, sorry, it's a flying own goal. Um, yeah, that, that's you know the way they're grinding out results. But what are they unbeaten in seven, eight now? I think it might. I think it might be eight games they're unbeaten in now. Yeah. Um, so you you can't really argue in that. Well, they've only been beaten once this season. Yeah. You know, they, they, they share that with uh, with Brisbane. You know, who are top. So um, I think it was his debut. Ben Halloran um, looked quite promising for them. Come from the youth team. Yep. Uh, they've got a good youth team. I understand. Yeah, they very good James work. Brown. They talked about for a while, and he, he's come in and looked like he's got a lot of promise. He's gotten up into the first yeah. team now. Um, good to see Archie back. Yes. Very good to see Archie back. Second half. Uh, I, f- I felt the comments about his return were a little harsh. You know, people going, "Oh, you know, he looks jaded." Of course. Well, he's just, he's <laughs> of just course. That best part of nine months out. So uh, yeah, it'll take uh, him a while. To it'll get take back. him a while to get back in, but certainly, you know, victory need him back. They need that. You know, though Cruz has been playing well. Mm. Um, 
you know, to asking him to be the sole source of pretty much leading the line on his own and scoring the goals, I think, was probably a bit much. Um, also, be interesting to see certainly last season before his injury. Uh, Thompson and Cruz linked up really well up front together. Um, yeah. Little one twos, which Archie's good at in and about on playing off the back line. Um, so victory will be uh, will be very relieved to see him back um, as they as we sort of move into this you know nearly the second half of the season. Um, Robbie Cruz as well, I've got to say, always tries that little push it onto his right foot, open out, try to go for the curler. Yeah. Goalies are going to suss him out sooner rather than later. He's nailed, he's nailed it a couple of times, but um, he'll keep doing it until you know. <laughs> until someone does it. just stands yeah. and walks across and picks the ball out. Uh, game of the round as uh, was billed um, certainly turned out to be the game of the round, but probably not in the way that we were expecting. Uh, in that we thought it'd probably be a really tight game, but uh, Brisbane pummeled Adelaide. Yep. Four nil, having gone down to, to ten men with stupid sending off from uh, from Reynaldo, uh, who having scored and revealed his sports bra. Uh, weird. So then, weird, then, wasn't it? That was weird. <laughs> just before half time, then got himself sent off for descent. Uh, but that was just um, the catalyst for Brisbane to kick on and score another three goals and down to ten men. Yeah, I mean you don't want to overstate these things, but I mean they are basically as good as Brazil 1970, aren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was. They're yeah, unbelievable. I was going to say the Dutch side of '74, but yeah, yeah. they're somewhere in around there. Matt playing the Johan Cruyff role <laughs> and Broich as Johnny Rep. Yeah, I mean that that's just a ridiculous result. I mean it's not against anyone either; it's against the team that they're going head to head with for the top spot um, to lose a man and, and still hammer them. So much confidence flowing through that that fourth goal. You know, you felt he got it in the so oh, fancy giving this a smash and you know everything's going right for them at the moment so it's no surprise to see it reach the top corner yeah and you know and I think that they were able to to minimise the effect of, of going out of 10 men just by con- you know their continual movement and pass and move you know it's short passing you know if you play in that manner and, and you, you don't panic if you go down to 10 men and you just keep playing that way then as long as you're keeping the ball you know it's it's yeah, they, they just didn't even look like they were a man short. Did they? It, it's a style of football that enables you to absorb losing a man, as Arsenal found out several yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, man and gone I, on to win games. I thought it was a you know a fitting summary from Rooney Coolan, the, the Adelaide boss. Uh, you know, it was very magnanimous <laughs> in defeat, but uh, but probably the ultimate sort of uh, compliment he could play was when he said in the post-match press conference that Brisbane played at a level that that you know would would be seen in Europe. Yeah, you know, so uh, another big plus there for for Angie's methods, and and the players are responding. And you know, Matt Mackay, um, you know, he really is just pulling the strings in midfield for them, and, and deservedly uh, has kept his place in the Socceroos yep. squad. Of it. Yep, only got good things to say about him. He's going well. Yeah, uh, Sun- S- Sunday. Oh. C- as good C- as that game was, then we had yeah, Sunday from the sublime <laughs> to the ridiculous. Uh, it. I mean, he, the goal can't hide the fact that it was an awful game. Uh, it was a game befitting of the two bottom sides in the division. Uh, it was decided by a, a, a goal that, you know, I, I think uh, Moriasu centred it from the front row of the cove yeah. uh, for Kazarine to, uh, to, to to slot home. I mean, I suppose fair play to Kazarine for. Uh, for you know, staying active and, and not assuming that the ball had gone out, which I think it clearly did, but the referee didn't blow. So uh, as we say, you know, as we were talking about Gomez, play to the whistle, mate. Uh, they did that. Um, the referee, the linesman, I think obviously the issue was that the linesman was flagging for a free kick, 
which then put him in an awful position to, to see whether the ball had gone out. So uh, in that split second, the ball did go out and was crossed back, um, but he wasn't in a position to see it. So I guess the referee had no option but to, to give the goal. But it was certainly not the best of games. And on that, Trev... Uh, so you, you you probably wouldn't back Sydney FC to go on a run of five or six undefeated games and climb back up the table, would you? No, a victory, but not an encouraging performance at all, was it? I mean, it was just a really, really dreadful game, you know. I, I don't like to go out my way to sort of knock A-League games, but you have to pull up games like that. It was awful. And I can't see... I, you know, I, I can see them being two of the bottom three with Fury still, you know. I, I, I think Sydney will still struggle for them the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a period, and uh, I think I tweeted this at the time, in this, in, where I just counted five or six consecutive turnovers. Yeah. Like, one touch, give the ball away. Another touch, give the ball away. And I was hoping it might open out in the second half as people tired from chasing their first touches. But um, Perth Glory, again... What would have been a home banker? Um, <laughs> the most guaranteed and, result in world football, wasn't it? Normally, yeah. And we did get picked up actually. Someone did put on the forms that there is a longer domestic trip. Oh, okay. It is in Russia. Russia, yeah. yeah it'd have yeah. to be. Uh, Tim Brown opened the scoring with a cracker in the first minute, and uh, that was as good as it got. Um, One nil, Wellington. Uh, good result for Wellington. They've been, you know, perennial awful travellers, and uh, you know maybe that will uh, steal them for. A bit of a away resurgence, Trev? Uh, no, nah, probably not. It's just, <laughs> it's just that uh, Perth are sort of an extra level of awfulness, aren't they? So, you know, it, in a strange way, it's not that big a surprise as well, is it? The way, the way you know, Perth have been playing. Um, cracking opening goal, and you thought, oh, hang on. That was a real false storm, wasn't it, when you saw that? Yeah, that could, it might, might be a 4-3 cracker. Yeah. Uh, we back down to sort of like the, the hardcore 6,500 at Perth again after the 14,000, 15,000 we started with. So that must be a, a massive layer of members that aren't even bother coming yeah, as well. Yeah, I guess so. Do you know, I think their membership had doubled. Had doubled, yeah, yeah, for this season. So, you know, people have paid money and they're still like, even getting in free, you know, strictly speaking, you've already paid, isn't appealing for Perth at the minute. Okay, last night, uh, carrying on the, the recent spate of midweek fixtures, we saw Perth Glory go down again uh, to Adelaide United, 2-0 uh, at Highmarsh. Um, Ian Fife opened the scoring, uh, which which followed immediately the sending off of Norm Sekulowski on 63 minutes from the resulting free kick. Uh, Fife, he headed home on a rich vein of scoring form at the moment. Is that... Well, with Ian Fife, my fantasy team's called Fifeinio. And um, I thought, oh, well, I've got to put him in for comedy purposes. So I called it my team that. He's going great guns on it because they're giving glitches and he's banging in goals. And uh, Sergio van Dijk uh, finished the score in, uh, in the closing. It was a bit of a procession in the last few years with chance after chance. And Travis Dobb missed a couple. Then uh, Miril Pantelis blazed yeah. over as well. And then finally, uh, Ian Ramsey broke down a left and, and put in a, a wicked ball that Van Dyke just almost just had to fall into it and head it in, which he did. Yep. Uh, Perth, you know, now nine defeats, having uh, having I think started the season three and two, like three wins and two draws, was it? They were undefeated yeah. in the first five games, have now lost nine out of the last ten. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Quit mention for the Adelaide crowd over ten thousand midweek, fantastic! What a yeah. club! Um, 
I did get picked up last night on Twitter someone who did say that, that Melbourne got 13,000 for a midweek fixture the other week so uh, yeah. so yeah, I, 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 oh, yeah we'll talk about Melbourne what a club <laughs> we'll talk about yesterday's uh, meeting with the FFA um, and the, the sort of forum that we attended with with members of the, the wider media as well um, and, and weekend, week, midweek fixtures as well the things they looked at and the, the general consensus was that they weren't working but um, no. but I'm not I'm not I, I wouldn't jettison the idea just yet uh, the second game last night saw Melbourne Hart come back from a goal down against North Queensland Fury and run out 3-2 winners uh, Dyron Dahl somewhat fortunately opened the scoring off his back <laughs> when he wasn't even looking at the ball deflection from a free kick uh, Melbourne Hart made some changes at half time Babalge who was the, one of the substitutes scored after 50 minutes Sibon with a very nice uh, bit of skill uh, great control turn and an early finish to, to put him up and then uh, Zara got his first daily goal 64 minutes Tale got a penalty back a retaken penalty back uh, but Queens and Fury couldn't find their way back in less than 3,000 there at Dave Farmer Stadium Melbourne Hart and a bit of a roll Trev yeah, they, they're going. They're going from strength to strength, and they always felt they had the team, even after a slow start, that they'd get their act together, and they got their act together in plenty of time. To be honest, earlier than I think some of us expected. Points on the road's always going to help. Um, normally, plenty of goals when you've got a fury game. So yeah, they're going good. Speaking uh, of back goals, have you seen a uh, R- Ronaldo's Ronaldo back, back pass? Because yeah. I missed it. I just thought he'd done a rubbish back pass to no, the goalkeeper. No, it was quality. Really. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? For those that haven't Look seen it, up. it, this was in the was it in the Madrid derby. It was against Atletico, yeah. wasn't it? And um, Ronaldo uh, goes outside, man, with his left foot, hits this shot, and the keeper saves it, and it balloons in the air sort of to the edge of the 18 yard box and the left back comes into a position to receive the ball from Ronaldo and instead of passing it to him he sort of arches his back and lets the ball passes it with his back to the left back perfectly Can't to the to left back I'll have yeah. to ask him about Madrid that Madrid players yeah. weren't the uh, Atletico players weren't too happy with it they thought it was a bit of unnecessary showboating but oh, it's quality have that's a look, why he's great have a though, look on it? YouTube if you, uh, if you haven't seen it but anyway just to wrap up where that leaves us in the A-League it's a bit all over the shop because we've got Perth have played 15 uh, and Newcastle Jets have played 11 at the moment and the Mariners have only played 11 so um, so interestingly if the Mariners win all of their three games in hand they're actually top yes so they could have 30 points because um, uh, the way that it's looking at the moment is Brisbane have played 14 29 points Adelaide played 14 28 points uh, but the Mariners have played 11 and got 21 points um, yep. So, uh, Gold Coast to fourth, but down the bottom we've got Newcastle, who've only played 11 games, um, eight points. So, I guess if they win their four game in, games in hand, mm. what's that, 12 points? They could yep. go eight points clear of Perth. So, Perth are in a pretty dire position because they've played 15 games. So, at least two more games than the teams around them. So, uh, if uh, those teams pick up points, then... Um, Perth could find themselves rock bottom much bigger division from top to bottom you remember how much we used to yeah, talk last year about last year, it, you I could think. get a few you know a few wins and all of a sudden be in the top two I mean not anymore there's yeah. 21 point gap between top and bottom which yeah. I actually quite like for some reason well it's a bit more realistic <laughs> yeah you know it's always got to be winners and losers I think. yeah uh, anyway that's enough for part one we will be back in the second period to talk about what's been making news on our website au.442 
www.andreasinyesta.com. So join us after the break. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, with Andres Iniesta and David Villa taking you behind the scenes at Barcelona. We talk schnitzels with new Socceroos coach Holger Osik and snails with Archie Thompson, who tackles your questions. We look at which Aussie clubs have produced the most Socceroos, head to the first A-League Melbourne derby and speak to Chelsea supremo Carlo Ancelotti. Plus, there's a free pack of official Champions League trading cards for every reader thanks to Panini. Get it now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast. Uh, we're now going to spend the next few minutes looking at what's been making news on our website au.442.com. Uh, Holger yep. announced his new Socceroos squad and obviously... Uh, Jesse Fink has been uh, acting as chief scout because Sasserov Gnoski uh, has finally, finally made the Socceroos squad. So it's a 20-man squad. This is a game to face Egypt next Wednesday. Um, no real surprises other than that. Trev, you'd say, is probably the one. Pretty pretty experienced squad. Only two players in there that haven't got caps before. That, um, Nathan Cohn. He was Cone. kicking around in squads about four or five years ago. So. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's happened since, but... Not only, you know, I say it's an experienced squad, the vast majority of them have sort of been double figures for caps. It's only Matt Mackay and Michael Thwaite that have five and six caps. The rest, you know, there's a lot of experience there, which gives us the impression that Holger's got a fair idea he's going to have most of his squad to pick for for the Asian Cup. Because I think if, if he had a bit of a heads up that some of these guys weren't going to make it, I think he'd be trying out, you know, more uncapped guys or more inexperienced guys. So it's kind of good in the sense I think we'll take a strong team to the Asian Cup and, and might well go on and win it but yeah. I know there's another school of thought that we should be blooding people but Holger made a good comment about that yeah. you know basically you have to earn your cap you know it's not yeah. just a few good performances you, you have to have you know played well over a sustained period to earn a call up and you can't help but agree with him on that in, in terms of Sasha I'll be completely honest I haven't seen him play you know that much um, but indications are of how well he's going with his club and the award nomination and now he's in his team that he could well do a job for the Asian Cup and there's nothing wrong with him coming in you know playing in the Asian Cup being a part of potentially a winning campaign and then dropping out afterwards yeah, and give no, Spranovic a chance yeah. to build for 2014 you know, you've got to pick the players that are in form mm. you know and, and so I, I agree with that you know the, there's not a lot of time between now and the Asian Cup so not only has he got a fix his sort of personnel but he's also got to fix the way he wants them to play mm. and make sure you know, he doesn't get a lot of time with the European guys so um, you know and as he said in, in the interview with us you know, he, he wants to go there and win the Asian Cup of course you do so yeah. I, I guess he's you know, out of the moment this inter- that interview isn't it in yeah magazine. If anyone plug last week should, uh, should wants to buy it um, on Ogden uh, Holger Osek has, uh, has come out and said you know whilst he physically himself hasn't hasn't been watching him he does have scouts and he does have watchers Everywhere. Be scared of this German That's man scary. sending like, watches. We are definitely not sleeping, I can assure you of that. Uh, <laughs> Ossig said of Australia's network of watches across the world. We have our eyes everywhere, although we can't be everywhere physically. That's quite scary, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, but I guess as well, you know, that's encouraging for every Aussie that's playing overseas that, they, that he is establishing a network of people to report back. Mm. Um, so he's seen him on TV. Obviously, he's got his uh, Asian Champions League final coming up where he's captain. Yeah. Um, I think that might be this weekend. I think it's on Saturday night. It's right. Got a feeling. Um, so, yeah, so if you've got Foxtel, um, they are showing it. I think it's on Viewer's Choice. So, um, so have a look. 
and, okay. and cheer on big Sasso hopefully to Asian Champions League glory I wonder who these watchers are because I know Pim obviously used Graham Arnold and his assistant a lot um, to do I think that. Ron Smith's still involved, isn't he? Right, good. At that level, so I think it's people like that. Um, but he's also, you know, from his time at Ural, he's probably got people that he trusts in the in and around the J League and the K League that he'd probably just say, look, you know, have a look at this guy for me. Can you go along and watch a game? Um, still on the Socceroos and still on Holger. Um, Holger's come out and said that he believes that Starman Tim Kale is better used as an out-and-out striker rather than an attacking midfielder. Um, Trev, um, think about this. I, I'll try and wear, word this carefully so I don't upset people who think I'm slating Kale because I'm not because I think Kale's brilliant. But in terms of a midfielder, he's relatively limited, isn't it? It's Although, not like he's yeah, Paul no, Scholes, I know what, Paul you, I know what you mean. I know like what you mean. That. Although I do think that is an area of his game that has developed massively yep. over the last three or four years. Um, I think he's, it's an area of his game that has really stepped up his distribution and his ability to to rather than just be a link man and, and get on the end of things to actually get the ball down and play a bit more and I, I guess that's probably the result of playing with Arteta in and around Arteta for uh, mm. for the last sort of three or four seasons and Fellaini as well he's got two incredibly technically yeah. gifted players behind him in that Everton team and in some ways he can be you know a little bit of a luxury you know if you're playing two up front um, that's why I think Kale works better when there's one up front if you're playing two up front and then you've got him you've almost got three strikers he's basically you know, a kind of striker that plays in midfield, really. Yeah. You know, but because that suits him, because he runs in from deep, it suits him to be sort of tanked as a midfielder. So yeah, you, you can't help but agree. And I think it depend, a lot depends on who he has around him. But considering how good he is, you may as well, you know, largely build your team around him. Yeah. Uh, other big news closer to home was uh, finally new buyers for Adelaide. Yeah. Um, it was a South Australian consortium, local consortium with. Uh, philanthropist Robert Gerrard heading the consortium that also includes new chairman Greg Griffin uh, Dr Richard Noble and a businessman Bruno Marveggio Port- uh, portly bunch aren't they A-league owners I know I did think that there's a fair, <laughs> few, there's a fair few chins between them um, and they, yeah, they've, they've, they've set their stall out saying you know, that they, uh, they intend to, to make money um, I, I don't mind that. There's a few people in the forums going like they'll be lucky, and you know. But I, I don't think that I'd be concerned if people came in saying we're happy to lose loads of money. You know, it's like if they're business people, they've got to come in with a plan to to, to make money. And if that's as long as they don't mind, you know, short-term losses, and they have a plan, then I think that, that that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, good fan base there, which is you know one of the main reasons they're probably buying into it is that yes, we saw over 10,000 for a midweek game our indications from the meeting there for was that Buckley's pretty confident that what he's saying is right like this guy's got you know genuinely big plans and um, he's actually going to be able to make money for the club so let's yeah. hope so and also what I like about this as well is, is similar to the to the Tinker thing is that these are genuine South Australian people that have got uh, you know connections to the area they're also involved with other sports and I, and I, I actually quite like that as it's a fun, yeah. you know they're, they're involved with the AFL down there and, and, and you know they're looking at this vision of you know supporter groups supporting South Australian teams and the AFL in the winter 
football in the summer and similar to Tinkler's idea with the, with the Newcastle Knights and the Jets you know I, I don't mind that you know I think and I, and I like the fact that the people coming in have got more of a of a touch point with the community than, than just their money that you know they are involved in other sports and I, and I think that's it because I do think that you know a football club an AFL club a rugby league club um, is a focal point for the community and I, and I think if people understand that then they're a lot more likely to have a bit more patience with things sure. um, from a financial perspective Do we see a marquee coming in? Um, have they got a marquee in any form? I don't think um, Van Dyke is, is he? I think he's no, within, I don't think, I think he he's is. within the caps. Yeah, it? because it was under the uh, it was under the AF, uh, FFA's ownership when Van Dyke came, and I think they came out at the time that so they were open to a marquee player. Uh, I don't think Flores is either, although no. he's certainly given a marquee level contribution. Um, yeah, imagine if they could get a marquee to add onto the top of the, you know the players they've got. But this you know this ends the period of the FFA owning it since May 2009, so just over a year. So it, it's great that you know. Both the Jets and Adelaide are now out of, you know, you'd hope out of the woods as far as they're 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 certainly short, medium, and hopefully long-term future. So uh, congratulations to everyone at the club. Um, we Ado got out and got a, got an interview with um, with the FFA's new PR company, uh, who have been brought on on board, uh, looking really to take the A League and out to the, the non-core audience I, you know, the, not, not the sort of captive audience and the, the, the believers so looking at you know, getting the players a higher profile a, across media the likes of Lads, Mags, FHM, Zoo from the women's side of things the Clio Bachelor of the Year Awards Breakfast TV uh, you know, their objective is to raise the profile of the A-League amongst everyday consumers Bravo, I say. I yeah, mean, it, it can all help, you know. Exactly. Well, for example, I was watching um, Sunrise this morning, um, and they had the Sydney Kings, the basketball team, yeah. on, and they were doing a little thing there, with, you know, with the weather guy. And it struck me, oh, that's probably the sort of thing. Yeah, that, yeah absolutely. Well, you, you think how many people watch a show like Sunrise? Yeah. Well, the thing, you know, is you're an editor of a magazine. Guilty. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is a lot of the stories that that we run or, or things that happen. Don't ha- don't just happen and we sit here and we sort of think about it. it it's proactive approaches from yeah. Nike or people like that saying, "Have you thought about this?" Or we can make these people available, you know. And so I think those sorts of things don't just happen, you know. And and I think the fact that the FFA have now got a proactive PR company in- involved is only good for the game, mm. um, you know, because we we need to look at particularly when the the product itself isn't on free to air TV. Yeah. Uh, we need to get the players and the personalities out there as much as we can. Definitely. Uh, I like the way that was an exclusive story with a PR agency. I love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, Football New South Wales. Uh, oh. I've talked about the, with Aidan again. He's been out and about all week. Uh, talked about the, the thinking behind their move to a summer competition uh, out of kilter with the rest of the state federation. So they'll actually be running next season on the same uh, time as the A-League. Uh you know, they're, they're saying that, that it's not going to harm the A-League, it's actually going to benefit it because the players are running the same. Um, it, it can underpin the competition for the A-League, help with the player development, create a better pathway. Um, they're also going to make endeavour to make sure that the Premier League fixtures don't clash with Sydney FC home games. Uh, Trev, think of this? No, I mean, it's a big move, isn't it? Um, I think it's... Di- even though the fixtures aren't going to be, you know, exactly the same, I think it's difficult to say that there's not going to be a clash. You know, if there's only a few days between games, yeah. I think a lot of people will pick 
you know, d- decide what they want to do. I would be surprised if the FFA were too happy about this. Mm. I mean, I can't see them endorsing a move like that, really. I think the A-League needs as much space as it possibly can, be that, you know, with rival codes or our own code. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a bit of a surprise, really, and I wonder what the Alpha local federations are thinking. I mean, Football New South Wales have, have got a reputation for being a bit of a law unto themselves, haven't they? That they tend to sort of go the way that they want to. Um, but the implications, I suppose, we'll, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, Raw, a big debate this week. Uh, Dejan, one of our, uh, our esteemed bloggers, uh, pressed his comment, you know, is the Raw the best team we've ever seen? And I know that Fox Sports FC debated this on Tuesday night. You know, I suppose that the two, the, the obvious comparison would probably be with Melbourne in season two with Fred. Yeah. Uh, Andy Harper and I made the point that you know at this point in that season we weren't really talking about Melbourne dominating in the same way we are as Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, although obviously Brisbane have still got to go and win it yet. You know they, they haven't won anything yet. So uh, it, it's an interesting debate, but not one till the end of the season, is it really? You know, if, if they go and do what Melbourne did in the season two, then maybe. But I'd certainly argue that that Brisbane are playing a brand of football that's the best we've ever seen. Whether they're the best team we've seen yet, I don't think we can say that till till the end of the. To the end of the season, you know, yeah. I think that, that very much the way that that Melbourne side in season two set up was, you know, to be tight at the back, hit teams mercilessly on the break um, with Fred and Archie Thompson and Danny Olsop. This is a very, very different style of football so, we've seen from Brisbane. A it's lot a collective approach, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Brisbane. You know, and, and it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a possession-based approach. So it's a very different approach. Um, it's getting results at the moment, but again, we'll see what trophies they've got at the end of the season. Um, Trev, do you want to give the mag a plug? That's yes. bit of the news. Obviously, the new magazine's on sale. What's in it? The mag is out. It's um, kind of an inside Barcelona as the uh, the cover feature interviews with Iniesta and Villa. Um, and with that far inside Barcelona, you can smell the DP on Messi's jockstrap. I know. Yeah, Lo- loads of interesting information that people perhaps won't know about the financial difficulties they're going through and the changes that they've made at, at the club. Got the Craig Foster thumbs of approval on Twitter as well. Isn't it? He's read it. He loves it. Um, Holger interview. Met Holger, um, chatted about the plans, Asian Cup, Brazil 2014. And his love of Bavarian beer cafe schnitzels. Yeah, mainly. loves yeah. that, loves the deal you can Good get. Good schnitzel the, deal, apparently. Good schnitzel deal. Um, Archie has done a one on one. Fans' questions. It's a pretty funny interview, to be honest with you. Um, is there anything New else? New performance section. New performance section. Still in there. Be a, be a better p- player. Inside the Melbourne Derby as well. I went to that, got some fans' views, exclusive picks. Fantastic! God, you have to own this magazine. Uh, and the end of the, at the end of this podcast, I think we'll give you a little bit more exclusive news as well about the next issue of the magazine, uh, which will not only be in print but will also be in another format. I was uh, just thinking, then, what's that? I can't think <laughs> of what that is. <laughs> that thing we've been working on for a few <laughs> months. Uh, anyway, that's all for part two. We'll be back in part three to uh, just give you a bit of insight into the media football media forum that we attended yesterday at the FFA, just to give you a just an inkling of, of what was discussed and, uh, and what the likely outcomes of that might be. So uh, join us after this break. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300 Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. 
Hello, welcome back to the 442 Insider. We're going to just give you a bit of insight into the, the, the meeting that we attended yesterday at the FFA's offices, uh, which was called by the FFA. And, Big um, discussion. We need the insiders, they said. <laughs> yes. The call went out. Yeah. There was this little football <laughs> got projected yeah. during the storm last week above Gotham City. Yep. It had a big 442 eye. Yeah, we weren't yeah. going to go. Then we found out about the sandwiches. We heeded the we call. We heeded the call. No, who, so who was there, Trev? Let's run through who was there. There was, right. there was the Fox Sports guys, so Robbie Slater, Bozza, uh, Murray, the executive producer there, SBS. Simon Hill for the Fox Simon guys, Hill, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, SBS, Bash, Foz. Um, Phil. Print Media, uh, Daily Telegraph, John Taylor was there, Sebastian Hassett from the SMH was there, Mike Cockle was, as, oh, I suppose mm. he would have been up in North Queensland for the yeah. game last night. Ray Gatt as well? Ray Gatt from the Australian was there, so uh, Francis Waratifi from SBS, so, and, and obviously ourselves. Um, so all, all, the, all the big guys really. So yeah, so we were all there and uh, Lyle Gorman uh, hosted proceedings along with a couple of the... Uh, the analysts, sort of consultants at the FFA, are using them, and it's part of a of a what you'd probably say is a 360 degree that be the marketing speak uh, look at the A League and where it's at, and and obviously I'm sure many of you have received the email from Lyle uh, and hopefully filled out the survey um, from the fan perspective to give you feedback on um, on the issues that that face the A League. Uh, I know that there's meetings I think today with the CEOs. Yep. Um, mm. And this was the chance for the media to debate or get or them to get their feedback uh, on on our thoughts on some of the issues and and some of the key points. If you filled out the survey, you would know what the, what some of the key issues are we're talking about. And one was obviously the length of the season, uh, when the season kicks off, how long it should be, how many teams. Um, you know, it was made pretty clear, and, and uh, this is no secret that clubs are struggling to to, to balance the books at the moment, and obviously. The longer season is, is, is incurs additional costs, travel, um, accommodation. Uh, also talking about crowds, how can we boost numbers, improve stadia. Um, the FFA Cup discussed the potential formats for that. Uh, the marquee system, you know, how it can be fully you know, used or improved. Uh, fan relations. So it was a it's a pretty wide range. I think we were in there for about two and a half hours, all up, weren't we? Three. We're there yeah, from eleven. Hours. We'll go yeah. after two, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Trev, so what did you make of it? Well, should we should we start with cost reductions? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, th- that's a tricky one because you know, as we know, if there's ever anything you want to do that's good, it normally costs money, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's difficult to keep the product as good, or you know, certainly to improve it at the same cost base. I suppose that the main link in there was how long will the season be? Um, I, I think you know, my view is if if we keep expanding, and we got to a point where it would work home and away so we played everyone because there's something quite nice about you know when you go away to you know victory or whatever that's the only time you're going there that's your visit yeah, there because yeah, at the moment because you play each other three times it all kind of merges into you don't really think of the significance because you know you might be there twice that yeah. season um, so yeah if the expansion carries on and we can get the right back as an owner that's what I'd like to see proper home and away feel um, in terms of you know cutting costs there was We've introduced the, the Youth League and the W League, which is obviously a, an extra strain on the clubs. Um, they perhaps might need to look at ways that that can be run as efficiently as possible. I'd still want those leagues. I'm not saying they should go, but they might need to be a little restructuring of that. Um, I suppose the salary cap was, was another major talking point. Um, 
interesting comparisons with the American League. Yeah, the, 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 the average salary is higher in the A League than in the MLS. I mean, I think that's yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty big deal. There's actually a story. Uh, I can't remember. Someone linked on Twitter as well. I think it might have been Grant Wall, one of the US journalists who's just done a piece on uh, Wod- Wodlinski, who's yeah. just won the Golden Boot in the MLS, who earns forty eight thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that's mad. <laughs> that's won the Golden Boot. I think they were saying about that. It, it's weighted differently. As in, there's a massive amount of money going to the top, yeah. you know, like the, the the main players. But then there's loads of players on sixty grand a year or less. So the average might be higher, but the median would be lower. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, which is mathematics, an, which is an interesting approach because you, you might you might say, well, let's not play pay a medium amount of money to a load of mediocre players. Yeah. Let's have a load of you know youth players or you know players willing to be paid not a lot and then invest in a load of stars to get the. Li- I feel like I'm always going on about how good the MLS is. <laughs> Constantly well, banging I mean, on, but I do think that's a good idea. One of the things that you can't deny is that av- as the salary payments have steadily risen over the five or six years, so is the quality on the pitch. Yeah. So you'd, uh, yeah, I'd be more concerned if we were seeing salary cap increases and the quality on the pitch was going down. Yeah. But I think the quality on the pitch is going up, both in terms of the imports that are coming over within the salary cap, yeah. like Sir Flores, Broich, um you know, but also the, the the young Australians that are getting their opportunity, and, and uh, you know, I know that this was also a point of discussion was maybe it's not gone far enough yet, and there are still imported players being paid a decent amount of money that is potentially stopping um, some of the younger Aussies getting a chance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've just seen the the under. 19s and the under 17s do well so I, I don't know it's talk of reducing the number of foreign players you know it's one of the things that people have spoken about in the past you know is it 5 should it, you know, should it go down to 3 to enable the young players alright you make mistakes when you sign foreign players not all of them are going to be the Floreses and, and what have you you are going to make mistakes but the young players if they're good enough they'll still make it into the team you know Leckie was always going yeah, to make it yeah. through because he was good enough so there's all there's going to be the odd mistake you know Fergie makes mistakes with foreign players he signs it happens so I don't think that should be reduced I'd, I'd keep that at five okay um, another thing we talked about was you know was the stadiums and the fact that you know some clubs are hurting because of their stadium deals or or also the the, the, the talk around you know Sydney FC and Brisbane in particular mm. uh, rattling around in you know eight nine ten thousand crowds rattling around in we 40, go on about 50, this all the time stadiums and yeah and it, it was encouraging for me to to hear that the FFA you know hear that and they are you know actively help working with the clubs to identify other um, solutions for that yeah. um, but Buckley know. spoke out quite strongly about that didn't he? Yeah. he's pretty determined to get the A League teams into the proper stadiums they need to be in yeah. Uh, the FFA Cup was uh, was was a major part of discussion. It highlight Robbie Slater even managed to get the cliche, the romance of the cup, romance into the, the cup. meeting, yep. which was fantastic. Uh, it seems to be that this is going to happen. Yes, this in isn't some a matter form. of if. Yeah. This is now a matter of when and in what format. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I think that you know the resounding sort of word that came back was not potentially just state league teams but also the level below that having the opportunity to so almost like a true FA FA Cup Hmm. style format which is you know amateur teams have the chance to to qualify through a state driven tournament to then go in 
with the state league champions in against the A League teams. So I mean, what a great way to engage, you know. Well, also, yeah, and also it is what it is the one thing that that could be unique, you know, to to yeah. Australian football compared with the other codes is that chance for for amateur players to get the chance to have a, a day they'll never forget against the Premier, you know, the, uh, an A League side. So uh, I think that. that they should be commended for that. So I guess you know there's issues around it as well. It's going to cost money, of course. Travel is going to cost, but but again, it is a separate property that they could get additional sponsorship or even a a separate TV TV deal for. Yeah, the, the only thing I'd say, you know, that, that cliche romance of the cup. Obviously, we're talking about the FA Cup and how big it is in England. Two points I'd make about that. First, it's the oldest cup competition in the world. You, you're not going to get the history straight away. It's going to it's going to take a lot of work. And secondly, the reason why it's such a big deal. It's because it's a day out or a neutral grace, day out of Wembley, right? And it is the cup final, you know, because their league doesn't run for a final system. You yeah. could argue the A League already has a cup competition, it's called the finals, and they already have that big day out, it's the grand final. So introducing the FFA Cup will lose a little bit of that because it's just another knockout. Well, competition. That, that was quite interesting as well, which I know was the reason that there are two the, 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 the two A League teams qualify for the Asian Champions League because everywhere else it's. Champions and cup winners, yeah. And the reason the, the loophole they get around is that they classify the final series as the cup winners, right. as a cup competition. Mm. So that's why the, the 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 home and away and the winners of the grand final go into the Asian Champions League. Because as far as the AFC are con- concerned, the final series is, is pitched as a cup competition. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we also talked about the marquee system, you know, how it could be improved. Uh, you know. Bozza came up with uh, the idea that there should be a panel of, you know, the likes of himself and other ex-professionals. Try and get some um, more work on it. <laughs> to help the FFA, you know, and, and I, I don't mind this. I think it's a good idea, you know, to to use their network of contacts and also just their knowledge of players and to say whether, you know, the, whether the guy's coming here potentially for a last payday, whether he's still motivated and, yep. you know, trying to avoid some of the Jardel-type marquee decisions and and recruit more of the sort of Paul Eiffel type players or Thomas Browich or Marcus Flores um, so I, I, I'm all for that I think the more football people we have on those decisions you know the FFA still do need do ratify every marquee player that comes Yeah. so it'd be great that if we did have those sort of people um, anything else that start out for you? I, I mean you know we, we covered a lot there I mean just going quickly back on the marquee system it's, I think it's an interesting discussion about the FFA partly funding some of it. Um, Sydney FC have sort of mentioned in the past that that, that, that might be a good idea. Um, and then having people like Boz. I mean, Boz has obviously got contacts over there, hasn't he? I mean, he was talking yeah. about gigs and skulls. Not, by the way, I'm not saying gigs and skulls are going to come, but he was sort of saying, oh, wouldn't gigs be the perfect person to come out? Yeah. Well, yeah, he would be the perfect person to come out. And he could probably play football for the next 40 years as well, gigs, looking at the, the shape of him. So, yeah, I, I think the marquee system's the, you know, the most important thing. Yeah. to address and finding some money to get some more guys out the other big thing was that they'd actually been tracking the sort of column inches that every each of the sports gets and you know what football is, is up against opening the season in rugby league and AFL finals and uh, I'd be very surprised if we don't see the league start later certainly I mean I, I think most people in the room were of the opinion that that would be the right time to start it would be the week after the rugby league final yep um, and the other thing was that the FA seemed to think that the midweek games 
don't work. Um, Lyle's talking about his experience in the Central Coast Mariners and how tough it was up there. Um, I personally do think that there's a there's a place for midweek games. I think it's a it's a space that football can own. Wednesday night football. Um, but I do realise that you know in certain areas it's going to be more difficult getting to and from games. So why not concentrate the midweek games around the two months that the kids get off? Yeah, you know, that is the that that December January is the sweet spot. Looking at all the data that they presented yesterday, when the A League has a clear run at things, so why not overload in that period? You yeah, know, exactly. and have have teams playing Wednesday and Saturday whilst the kids are off school. Run promotions to get kids there, um, because also I think from a developmental perspective, I think if players, if the A League is going to be a, a, a feeder league to, to for younger Australian players, they've got to get used to playing Wednesday and Saturday anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess the other the other thing is, you know, fair play to the FFA. Um, they, you know, they are now actively seeking input from all sides. So obviously, the proof of the pudding will be in in what they do as a result. Yep. Um, if anyone out there hasn't filled out the survey, I'd, I'd recommend that they do. I was quite surprised it's only had eleven thousand responses. Mm. Um, given that you've probably got what thirty five, forty thousand members of an A League team. Yeah. With the hopes that uh, it get a better response than that. I, I started doing a Premier League one for West Ham the other day, and you know, bored quarter of the way through. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of starts, isn't there, and, and yeah. not, not many finishes. But if you know, if you want to have your say on all of these issues that we were talking about yesterday, then do go. I'm sure there's a link to it from the Football Federation site. Uh, head on there and have your say. Uh, that's all for part three. We'll be back in the final section to preview A-League round 14, so stay with us. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, with Andres Iniesta and David Villa taking you behind the scenes at Barcelona. We talk schnitzels with new Socceroos coach Holger Osik and snails with Archie Thompson, who tackles your questions. We look at which Aussie clubs have produced the most Socceroos, head to the first A-League Melbourne derby and speak to Chelsea supremo Carlo Ancelotti. Plus, there's a free pack of official Champions League trading cards for every reader thanks to Panini. Get it now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, we're going to preview this weekend's A-League fixtures starting with Friday. Sydney FC travel up to Skill Park, the Gold Coast. Not a happy hunting ground for Sydney FC. No, the two glamour clubs, as they've been billed, haven't they? And their own... Not anymore. <laughs> ...initial times. Uh, uh, sporting bet. I've uh, got this Gold Coast favourites, pretty big favourites, $2.10. Sydney, $3.40. The draw, $3.30. I'd say they've probably got that about right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I fancy Gold Coast, um, Sydney sort of struggling to score. Gold Coast keeping a lot of people out. I suppose Sydney's only, you know, the one hope Sydney SC have got is that Gold Coast are not scoring goals freely. So they have, they have got a chance if they can get up there and nick a goal. Yeah. Uh, we're not, we're not billing this as a rollercoaster game, are we? I'd, I'd probably say nil-nil. Yeah. <laughs> would be one of the favourites. Uh, Gold Coast only defeated once, but they've got more draws than wins. Sydney FC, two wins, five draws, six defeats. Um, yeah, neck draw. on the line, you're going to draw. I'd draw if I had to call a winner it'd be Gold Coast I yeah. don't think Sydney would go there and win uh, big trip for the Mariners Saturday this will be a good test for them mm. uh, over the ditch to Wellington uh, Phoenix off the back of a, a very rare away win um, going back to what was their fortress until Brisbane went and spoiled the party 
Wellington favourites $2.25 on Sporting Bet as you'd expect Central Coast $3 and the draw $3.30 yeah strange thing about records especially one that long is that once they're it gets to be broken they are there to be broken yeah but once you break it it, it, it tends to be broken you'll lose they'll end up losing a few games at home now um, I can't see him going on another run even like 10-11 game run unbeaten um, so I'm, I'm going to bat the Mariners I think they're going to after that long run they're going to go back to back to feeds at home really? nah I'm going to go Wellington back to winning ways I think I think they'll re-establish Fort Felix <laughs> uh, Newcastle Adelaide uh, Saturday second game on Saturday so this is the Jets. Is this the Jets' first game back at Energy Australia Stadium since Tinkers took over? I think it yes. probably is. So it, this will be an interesting test to see. Uh, you get paid public, to public go in this response. time. <laughs> um, Adelaide obviously had the setback against Brisbane. Bounced back last night. What do you think? Sporting Bet have got this uh, Newcastle two dollars eighty slight outsiders. Adelaide two dollars forty in the draw three thirty. Adelaide will smash them. Really? I can't, yeah, I can't see where the goal is. Franny Jeffers, I think Franny Jeffers is available, isn't he? Yeah. Pops in the box. Might be, <laughs> might be a one goal a game in the national record. Um, yeah, who's going to score goals for them? Adelaide have got hatfuls of goal. Yeah, three 0 Adelaide. Jeez, there we go. <laughs> Not sure what the odds on that are, but um, there you go. Uh, Sundays, two games on Sunday: Melbourne Hearts versus Brisbane Raw. Good oh, game, this really this good, game, good game. Looking forward to this. Um, Melbourne Hart been on the road for a while so they're back at Amy Park Brisbane on fire um, you know Hart play, try and play football the right way as well so I think this could be a cracking game how do you see it going Sporting Ooh. Bet have got Melbourne Hart outsiders as you'd expect probably $2.90 Brisbane $2.35 the draw $3.30 yeah, a couple, couple of on form teams um, so I'm going to say draw two all draw two all draw mm. interesting uh, I'm going to go Brisbane to carry on their run and win there. Uh, final game of the round, Melbourne victory, head over to Perth. Uh, Perth, $2.95, Sporting Bet, Melbourne victory, $2.30, the draw, $3.30. Do we see Perth's awful run changing? Yep. No, not really. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> no, you cannot back Perth at the moment, can you? They're obviously going to win a game at some point, but until they do, I'm saying whoever they're playing, so victory. Yeah. yeah, I think. I mean, I think Melbourne have got a pretty good record at Perth. I always remember them. Sort of One of the few teams the to go so, there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I'd probably go for uh, for victory there as well. Um, there's also two games next mid next week. Uh, oh, I'm gonna miss them. Let's gonna, get on to that. Gonna in a miss them. Wednesday is uh, Newcastle Jets at home to Brisbane. Yep. Uh, and Melbourne victory at home to the Mariners. That's a good one. Yeah, Mariners always go there and really get a result not. against victory generally. It's normally Matt Simon v Musket. It'll <laughs> argue off. Um, Brisbane to beat the Jets, you'd probably say, on the road. Yep, safely. Uh, victory Mariners. Draw. Draw, OK. Now, as Trev is just itching to tell everyone, <laughs> oh, he won't whatever. be here. He oh. won't be here for those games do next we, week. Do we have to mention this? And he won't be here in the podcast next Thursday, so... It might just be me. <laughs> that could be might interesting. Be, I might just be talking football Winston Churchill style into a <laughs> microphone on my own. Or maybe I could actually interview myself about the games. Yeah. In a different voice. Sure. Try and do an Essex what accent. What did you think about the mask? Um, but Trev won't be here because he is going on... 
every so often there's little trips that come along that is like <laughs> that I just remind Trev how good a job he's got here. Um, yeah. Trev, talk us through it. Yeah, well, we only just found out about this a um, couple of days ago. Thanks to our good friends at Castrol. Castrol, God. If only, I, if only I could drive, Fo- then football, I'd get some Castrol. Football takes Trev many places. <laughs> Hot uh, places, cold places. I think it might be a cold place. Anyway, to, to end the uh, suspense, Tuesday I am flying to Madrid to meet up with Cristiano Ronaldo and have a skills masterclass training session with him. I'd be a fly on the wall at that. (laughs) What will he learn? I don't know. Probably a lot. Um, Yeah, it's just a a ridiculous four-day trip. That's only day one. Day two is like a tour of the Bernabeu out for dinner and stuff. Day three is a tour of Madrid and then day four is the Royal Palace and then I go to Real Madrid Athletic Bilbao in the evening. Four days... It's all work. Simon, our producer, has <laughs> just gone green with envy. Tough gig, isn't it? What can you say? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's where Trev's off to next week. Uh, thank you, Castro. It wasn't for two, but um, but yeah, very nice. I'll bring, uh, I'll bring you back something nice. Other news from the from our perspective is December the first is another big day for us. Not just because the magazine comes out again with our Asian Cup preview, but it's also going to be available and Pele. Pele. World exclusive. 20 page Pele thing, yeah. 20 pages. But we'll also be launching our dedicated iPad edition. (sighs) Video, exclusive stuff, more pictures, more video, more pages, more fun. More more of everything. Available on iTunes. Uh, It'll be $5.99, so cheaper than the print version as well. Um, So if you've got an iPad, make sure you check it out because it's going to be hot. If you haven't, Um, buy an iPad and then buy the magazine. And also, tomorrow is the big Publishers Australia Awards. 442 is is nominated for a couple of awards. So uh, follow us on Twitter because I'm sure that if we win, we'll be drunk and posting from Twitter all afternoon. That's an all-day event, I'm right in saying. Can we lock that down? We can lock that down. Yes. We're leaving here at 11.30 and won't be coming back. So, um, so yeah, so follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're all on Twitter. Trev is Trev442Ed. Yeah, Trev the 442 I'm yeah. Jacko442, and there's also our official channel, 442Oz. We're also now on Facebook, Facebook forward slash 442Oz, OZ. Um, responding to reader demand. They wanted a Facebook page. Got we it. gave it to them, Trev. iPad, Twitter. iPad, so new media. Yeah. Podcasts. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, go out and buy the magazine. Keep Trev in the in the manner in which he's accustomed. These trips. He'll be back with word of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's skills up close and personal uh, the week after next. So uh, we'll join you then. But I will be back next week. Hopefully not on my own. I'll try and uh, rope in Kevin and Aidan, get our web guys in. Um, so until then, enjoy the A-League this weekend. Take care. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.